from Corner to Corner proudly presents the Mount Rushmore's of Wrestling, where we talk about heels, faces, tag teams, and many things more. Here are your hosts, Sean Kuyper and Neil Payne. And welcome back to another episode of Mount Rushmore of Wrestling and more Top 50 Edition. From Corner to Corner. Here we are. We have officially started our Top 50 list. You excited? I am excited. We're already starting to, heck, I mean, we're already starting to pull emotion out of our honorable mention list. Right? Some people are mad that we left Rey Mysterio off. Like, how can you do that? Yeah. And it wasn't just one person. It was multiple people going, are you serious? I mean, I had one person say, you're talking about performers. How can you have a performers list and not have Rey Mysterio on there? To which I said, Aside from winning the world title in the WWE, the only other thing he was most popular for was being thrown like a yard, like a yard dart in WCW against the trailer outside by Kevin Nash. Yeah. Yeah, when you look back, he does have longevity. He's been around for a long time. He was exciting. But, you know, when you look at the way we kind of made this list, man, I took... There's very few people. I, I don't know anybody we could have took off to put him back on. I mean, the one thing about it is, is we're including tag teams, women, men from multiple brands, multiple years. And we got 50 to choose from probably thousands of wrestlers during this time frame. Well, and at the end of the day, that's what we hoped would happen. We hope that we draw that emotion out of people. We hope that. They're thinking, you know, well, you should have put him on and taken him off or taken her off and put her, you know, we're hoping we get that. Right. And at the end of the day, it's kind of nitpicky. You know, could we have put Rey Mysterio on? Potentially. Yeah. You know, could we have taken insert name here on the top 50 off? Potentially. Yeah. But at the end of the day, after uh, coming to blows a few times, we decided this was this was what the top 50 needed to look like. Right. And Heck, we, I mean, what was it? Earlier this week, we were like arguing over a potential spot for one of the guys. Yeah. Like, so the list is just now. I mean. Well, and, and to be honest, we left somebody off the list on accident. That we had to go back and rearrange the and, list and so, to put them on. So another person. Would have dropped, or, well, basically, I, I can say this tag team demolition was removed from the list this week. And so they would have been on the honorable mention list last week, but they had to go. I mean, we could not leave this wrestler off the list. And we overlooked and how him. in the world we overlooked him, I have no idea. No clue. So, but he's on there now. He's, on there. he's where he needs to be. All is well. Yeah. So, just a reminder this is a performers, like I mentioned. Women, men, tag team, multiple brands, multiple years. I mean, this dates all the way back to the late 80s, basically, when we both started watching wrestling. Right. And it is performers. It's not necessarily the greatest wrestlers. The greatest wrestlers or, you know, number of title holds that, you know, obviously world titles make a difference. We use those as kind of tiebreaker type situations. We looked at how many promotions they were in, their longevity, 
And ultimately, that's kind of how we put this list together. Right. So without further ado, are you ready to get started? Let's go. Our number 50 on the list. And if you listen to previous episodes, you should know why this guy is at number 50. And it's none other than Bill Goldberg. And I'll have it be known again, it was against my better judgment. I didn't want Goldberg on the list. But it wasn't Mysterio that was going to take his place. It was not. But as you said, the the 173-0 and streak that he went on was so iconic. It still gets talked about today. Yeah. I mean, heck, he just wrestled a match at Crown Jewel. Right. Uh, and it probably was his best match in a decade. Yeah. He's still he's still relevant. He was white hot. Won 173 straight matches. At one point, put WCW on his back and was carrying them during the 83 weeks. Uh, it was a huge part of that. He was a huge part. Ultimately, as you said, we can't leave Bill Goldberg off. Right. This. With the iconic streak and the fact that he was a premier part of the 83 weeks. That alone got him at least onto the list. A lot of people probably think he should be higher. We didn't really disagree at all at number 50. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, I mean, you didn't want him on the list. And I was like, he has to be on the list. You know, right. you got Big Show, I got Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, so number 50 is Bill Goldberg. Number 49, Ravishing Rick Rude. All I have to say is this dude wrestled in the late 80s and early 90s with his opponent's wife's face on his trunks. Right. I mean, super heat, super heel, carried the Intercontinental Belt in WWE, WWF, carried the uh, world title, U.S. title in WCW, Neck injuries caused him to step away from the ring a little prior to when he would want to. He was uh, integral, actually, the only man to be on Raw and Nitro the same night. That was when Raw was pre-taped. So he was on Raw with DX, and then he left the WWE before it aired and was live on Monday Nitro. He was in DX and in uh, the NWO. He was training to have a return to the ring. But, man, he was so good in the ring. The, you know, the rude awakening neckbreaker, the swiveling of the hips, just a great performer. Yeah. Uh, and he could go. He made the Ultimate Warrior look good. Right. So anybody that can make the Ultimate Warrior look good has to be pretty good. Right. We have Rick Ruth, the ravishing one himself, at number 49. Well, and we'll just kind of stick in that time frame there. Number 48, we have none other than Jake the Snake Roberts. Now, we've talked a little bit about Jake on the show. Mm -hmm. We talked about how on the ultimate, we talked about on the Ultimate Warrior shows how he ultimately lost out on his opportunity at world title because of the Ultimate Warrior selfishness, basically, right. in the whole demand of the contract situation. So, it, did he carry any gold in the WWF? I don't, I don't think he did. He I, I think he had that one opportunity, and it kind of got squandered right there. But he could perform in the ring. He had one of the most iconic moments 
in WWF history when him and Macho were fighting and the Cobra yeah. bit him. Yeah. I remember seeing the story on that. He's like, Macho told him, he goes, if I take this, you got to take it. So he, he let the snake bite him first. Right. And then Macho's like, okay, let's go. <laughs> right. And uh, I actually have a photo of that autograph by Jake Roberts. You do? So that, that was pretty cool. You know, Jake, Jake's one of those guys who probably didn't ever have to carry a belt. Uh, he also is involved in one of the worst matches that I've seen. Uh, it was the blindfold match with Rick Martel. Uh, blindfold matches in wrestling just is not a good idea to begin with. But you look at his... I remember that match. You know, his his music, his slow walk to the ring, the snake in the bag over his shoulder, uh, the performance he would put on in the ring. The, you know, he's very psychological. Just a great, just a great performer. Yeah. Uh, goes to WCW, becomes a main event level heel, and just... He he was always at least upper mid card main event status, and I mean he was even relevant in '96. He helped Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean if that persona of Jake Roberts hadn't come back, we may not get the Austin 316. Right, and that's one of the most iconic lines in wrestling. So number 48 for us was Jake the Snake Roberts. Yep, yep. So number 47. Did carry a couple of titles in in and about uh, the time he spent in the ring, and uh, also a character that we've talked about quite a bit on our shows throughout this so far. It's none other than Diamond Dallas Page, DDP, self high five, which I never really got because it wasn't like he was giving himself a high five. Yeah, he was doing the he was making the diamond sign. Yeah. Self high five. I don't know. Okay, I can dig it. Um, it was after DDP became a full time in ring performer because he started out as a manager, a mouthpiece, and then he was a low card guy. Finally, got a big break at like thirty five. Like he was old, uh, you know, in terms of when you finally get over with the crowd. But he had a nice run in WCW. He was kind of the face of the WCW brand whenever, you know, you had the NWO and NWO Wolfpack and all that. It was always kind of DDP's face that was smeared. Well, like we talked about on uh, our Blunders episode, he was generally the guy that was paired with any of the celebrities that right. came in. Right. You know, in, in the big time matches. Right. So, so it was always DDP. It was always DDP. He he could work, got got the fans behind him. You know, had the diamond cutter and all that. He was he he was pretty good. Uh, his run in WWE was very much lackluster. Yeah, you know, he he started as the stalker. He was stalking the Undertaker. Which looking at it now, if you're going to come in and and be paired with somebody right off the bat, the Undertaker's a pretty dang good person to get paired up with. Yeah, um, it just never caught on. Uh, and then he like that motivational speaker kind of persona that he carried uh, it was it was it, it i mean it was what it was but i think for everything he did in wcw we couldn't have the list without diamond dallas page uh he ranks above a few of the other people uh because of his multiple world title runs yeah you know it was right in the middle of towards the end of the 83 weeks and after but he was still a, he was still a major impact player 
and was actually one of the first big names from WCW to come over to the WWE. Right. Because he didn't have one of those Turner deals. He had, he had a WCW contract. So, 47, Diamond Dallas Page. And, you know, he was he was one of the guys that we discussed quite a bit we on did. whether or not being on this list or not. We did. And we just ultimately thought, for the reasons that we just talked about, yep. he, he had some title runs, and he was kind of a key proponent to – keeping WCW going it to the end there. I mean, he was involved with a lot of that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, that's... And, I mean, he's got the DDP yoga out now, and it's saved multiple wrestlers' lives. Yeah. Including Jake, Jake Roberts. Roberts and uh, Scott Hall. And both of them to this day, and even X-Pac, credit him with saving their life. Right. So, yeah. so I mean... And that's awesome itself. Just a good dude. Yeah. So, number 47, DDP. And then uh, to wrap up this week's top five, or top five, shoot, this, this week's, week's five. five yeah. Sorry. At number 46, we have Sid Vicious, Psycho Sid. Justice. Uh, just Sid Justice, yeah. however you want to look at it. You know, you, the, the, this guy's funny because anytime we've been doing our research, one of the number one questions, if it's around an error that Sid Vicious is involved in, that you always ask me is why? What was the attraction with Sid Vicious? I mean, if you go back and look from the late 80s all the way through him jumping off the top rope in WCW and breaking his leg. Which he, he was, did not want to do, by the way. He was always in the main event. Yeah. He was always in the world title picture. He got super over with the fans. The only thing I can figure is that it's because he was so big, powerful guy. Um, you know, there were a lot of people that thought when Flair left in 91, Sid was still there. He hadn't jumped. He hadn't been come Sid Justice yet. They thought that he should, they should give him the belt and he should run with it. Like he should be the champion in the 90s. Then you got the 90, you know, uh, the, the Royal Rumble 92. He's involved in the final three there. Was that our? Seems like I've heard about that before. Maybe our. First episode? I think it was. Man. So uh, seems like so long ago. It does. It seems like forever ago. So you have Sid, who was getting cheered then in 92. People wanted him to be the guy. Like, he's always been involved with the world title. Yeah. And I mean, he was tall. He was muscular. Couldn't cut a promo to save his life. <laughs> What's the one that he – was the one he talked about? The – Oh, shoot. You, he, you've he, said it a, few, a million he told, times. He told Kevin Nash that he was half the man that he is. <laughs> and he said, I have half the brain that you do. <laughs> that, was it. that was it. And then, of course, he messes up on the one. He's like, oh, let's cut. Let's do it again. And he's like, we're live, pal. Like, <laughs> some of the best, the best slash worst promos come from Sid. I, di I did see there was a section that I saw on research somewhere that like, he begged not to do that spot off the top rope because right. it's not something he ever did. Well, no, he's seven foot tall. He yeah. doesn't want to be doing a big boot off the top rope. And I mean, oh, man, Ugh. just the thought of it makes me cringe. Yeah. So, I, I hated that. So, so there's our first five. So, we got number 50, Bill Goldberg. Yep. 49, Rick Rude. 48, Jake Roberts. 
47, Diamond Dallas Page, and 46, Sid Vicious. Two WWF guys, two WCW guys, and one back and forth guy. I mean, they all spent time in all of them, but, you know. Right. Primarily, their time was spent in one or the other. Right. So, that's pretty uh, pretty good start to it. Do you think we're going to get any emotion out of that? Who's the one that gets the emotion out of this? It has to be Goldberg, right? I, probably, but I think we get a lot of, you put him on there and didn't have Rey Mysterio. <laughs> right. And you know what I got to tell these people? Ultimately, it's our list. Yeah. If they want to put a top 50 together, by all means, put a top 50 hey. together. Send me a message. Let me know what it is, and I'll critique it. It is. Uh, that's one of those things that we kind of like strive for, right? If, right. We, if we get to the point that we can start getting our fans bantering on our social media pages, then that's where we that's that's really where we want to get. And I mean, you know, for fans that may decide to start bantering on our social media pages, we've started putting some stuff together for some giveaways that are coming up. Yeah, yeah, we have. We're still uh, the shirts are on order. We just haven't got them yet. But so. we got some uh, we got some unopened DVDs, some autographs, uh, maybe a game or two maybe maybe some figures or pops i mean there's, i got listen sean can tell you i got a collection of stuff <laughs> definitely so um you know we start we start getting we start getting some banner and i can and i can definitely hook some people up with some with with some goodies no doubt no doubt well we're off to the races five down yep. 45 to go right only 10 more only nine more weeks to go, Only right? Nine more weeks. <laughs> so, well, awesome, awesome. Um, you want to do a shout out to the? Oh man, why would I? How could we end a show without thanking our sponsors? And I'll keep it short and sweet. Everybody knows them at this point. We got Heiner's White Bread. We got Darren's Dashing Dinners, and we have Crouch Family Bakery. We want to shout out and thank all three of our sponsors. Definitely. All right, guys. I look forward to the next five. We'll see you then. See ya. That wraps up this episode of Mount Rushmore of Wrestling. Tune in each Wednesday as we discuss our Mount Rushmore of Wrestling and more. Be sure to like us on our Facebook page and click us a follow on the podcast. Until next time, this is Sean. And this is Neil. Stay safe, friends.